Just recently, I had, have read someone who shared that after a very long and very difficult and arduous period of struggle in their lives, that they had come to lose faith, but it was not God for whom they had lost faith in. They had lost faith in people. They had lost faith in the ways of the world. It reminded me that sometimes it can be hard for us to see good in one another. It can be hard to see good in the world. And we all know, though, that we need to have faith in those who are called to, to care for us, to, to nurture us, to lead us, to protect us. Yet we all know, perhaps all too well, that people can do things that fail us and cause us to lose faith in them. And it can even affect our ability to trust and have faith in other people. It can even include us losing faith in ourselves once we have been the one who has failed along the way. Stories told by a pastor who went to the hospital the day after Christmas. And he stepped to the front desk and was about to ask the one, the volunteer there, how to get to the room of a member of his church. And as he's walking up, he can tell that behind the desk are two people talking about something that seemed very serious. And he arrived just in time to hear one of them say, can you believe that? So after, after he gave the name of the person he came to see and the two behind the counter continued their uh, quite exacerbated, exacerbated conversation, and, but this time they include him. And so they point at the nativity scene on the desk right in front of them, and they say, just look. They stole baby Jesus from the manger. Can you believe what some people will do in this world? Can you understand, can you believe what this world is coming to? And then he saw it. Sure enough, there is an empty manger Mary, Joseph, Magi, shepherds, donkeys, sheep, all there, all present, but they're worshiping in an empty manger. And then, forgive us as pastors, because we do this a lot, and I see this within myself. He saw a dozen metaphors in the moment, a lot of good illustrations to learn from, and he starts to laugh a little bit. He says, well, I guess they finally found a way to really take Jesus out of Christmas. No one was amused. They just stare back at him, but he's undaunted, and he says, well, I'll share a few other lessons that come to mind that maybe I can add some brevity to this very serious moment. He said, well, maybe he's out making hospital visits. Maybe someone thought that a baby needed to be in a nursery and not in a manger, or, or maybe this person really, really needed Jesus. But the seriousness of the crime was too much for him to bring brevity to the moment. It was too much to reinstill confidence and faith in people for them. This was just one more piece of evidence of what the world is coming to and what people are becoming. So he resigns and he says, well, let's just hope they bring him back soon for you. And he walked away and he could hear the disappointed conversation continue. The conversation about the gall of people continued as well. And he walked away, though, also considering how easy it can be for the darkness to rob us of the light of Christ. 
Can you remember a time when you let your eyes adjust to the darkness of a room? We all know that if you sit in the dark long enough and if you close your eyes in preparing to sit in the dark, that your eyes can adjust to the darkness and, and you can see well enough to get around without running or tripping over things. And quite frankly, it's not hard to do. It's a rather easy and comfortable adjustment to make. But adjusting to the light, now that's a different story, right? We all know that if we've been in the dark for a long time and gotten comfortable and able to move around in the dark, we all know what it's like for lights to suddenly come on. We know what it's like for our eyes. It hurts our eyes, right? It's, it's not a very pleasant thing to experience. Well, the gospel has a way of doing that sometimes for us, doesn't it? The same thing can happen to us spiritually. It's not hard to get caught up, even to get comfortable in the worries and the anger and the fear and, and what it means to be bound up by things that harden our hearts. We only need to take a cursory look at the world and, dare I say, our social media these days and to see that there are some hardened hearts, there's some anger among us, isn't there? And if the posts themselves we read are not enough, if you dare, you might read the comments. And there's even a term these days called doom scrolling that's become quite popular to use and quite appropriate. Doom scrolling describes getting caught up in the habit of scrolling down and reading your news, your news feed, however you choose to do that, and consuming a lot of negative news. And in fact, we're learning that this isn't just um, a challenge for us, it can be detrimental to our well-being. It can be detrimental to how we see one another and see the world if we take too much of that in. Yes, our angers and our worries and concerns, they do not come without merit. We have said farewell to a year with copious amounts of darkness in it. There are more than enough things in life that bring about regret or want us to vent or to be upset about and I'm guessing at some point this year, all of us have come to that place and say, can you believe what people, can you believe what the world is becoming? Maybe this way of thinking gets the best of you sometimes, as it does me when I'm not careful. And perhaps there are times that you haven't been at your best because of it. And if that's true, please know that you are in good company. You are not alone in this. Sometimes as a pastor, sometimes as a church, we all feel perhaps that we're trying to convince the world in spite of what we see, in spite of what people can do, we're trying to let folks know and inspire people to see that people are worth loving. The world, creation, is still worth loving. And John's gospel begins by telling us that God created all of this, all things. He says, what came into being was life, and that life is the light of all people. And he emphasizes this over and again. He says that this light enlightens everyone. And then he points out that people choose sometimes something less than the life that we've been given, and he calls it darkness. But the light, it's, it's always with us. So how can we not lose our faith in one another? 
How can we build a community where grace gives us life and light, especially in the hard days? John's gospel, like all the gospels, it's written to give hope to those who live in a world that can sometimes be dark. This is John's Christmas story as well. Now, granted, it's highly imaginative, it's, it's metaphoric, it's lyrical, poetic, it's symbolic. It's hard to get your hand on exactly what he's saying. It, it requires a read and a reread. It falls short of adding any other character pieces to our nativity scenes. No angels, no birth narratives, no family tree here. And maybe this is because the other Gospels had been written and, well, they had told that story well enough. But this Gospel, it is in our nativity scene. It is the aura. It's the light that shines the figures for which we look at. It is the light that permeates the whole scene. So John is choosing to give us substance. He's metaphorically putting flesh on the bones here for us to Help us understand what it means that God came to live among us. It's for a world that can sometimes be harsh. It's, it's written to those who feel abandoned or defeated and afraid. It's written to those whose hearts are hardened by it all. And it's a good word. And what does this light, what does this good word look like for John? Well, it looks like grace. The Word became flesh and made its home among us. We have seen His glory, glory like that of a Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. To paraphrase slightly what James C. Howe writes, the Word made flesh, flesh being perceivable, knowable, touchable, visible, is grace. And this flesh is God's glory. Jesus was not pretending to be human. He was fully human. He, did not, he entered into our weakness and our mortality and our pain. There is no other God. There is no secret truth about God. And we do not apologize for the suffering that we endure as an aberration from the glorious nature of God, nor do we allow it to overcome us. God's glorious nature is in our suffering. It is with us. The Word made flesh is full of grace and truth. It seems to me that one of the things that we're called to be and to do is to help each other see the best of who we are, the best of who we can be. Can you think of anyone in your life who was able to point out to you something about yourself that you did not see and it gave you hope again? It helped you see a light in you that maybe you could not see? If you can name those folks. You already know how important it is to, to reveal the light that you see in each other. There is a lot of power. There is a good word that we share with one another when we let each other see the good we see in each other. And I am convinced that has a lot to do about teaching us what it means to follow Christ. I am furthermore convinced it has a lot to teach us about what it means to be the church. Yes, John has given us a good word for the hard days. Much of the darkness of last year, it'll probably move into 2021 with us. 
I'm quite sure that some of my own struggles, my own shortcomings, my own habits, my own hang-ups, they're going to come right along with me into this new year. As Winston Churchill once wrote, sometimes we learn from history, but most of the time we just pick ourselves up, brush ourselves off, and, and keep on going like we were before. I'm also quite sure that these coming year and this coming years, well, there's a few things up their sleeves that we will soon discover. There will be plenty of head that will want us to bemoan the ways of the world and the ways of people. We will have a few reasons to have the conversation about what people are becoming and what the world is becoming. But that's not the good news we have to share. We are people of the light. And we must have the courage to point out, to show out, and to shine on when it's hard to see the light among us. We cannot, of course, ignore the darkness. We cannot say that things are just fine when they're not just fine. Pollyanna responses to injustice and oppression are about someone's pain or sickness will not do. But we can know that the light of Christ has made a home among us. I believe that often grace looks like receiving the worst news possible, knowing that we cannot change the truth of that news, at least not in that moment, but proclaiming that it will not overcome us, that God will have the last word. Yes, last year, it was the proverbial dumpster fire in many ways. We have every reason to lament sometimes, too many lives lost due to hatred or prejudice or greed. And we must work for a more just and loving world. Yet all the while, with a relentless ability to love one another. If you've ever been around the recovery community, you may have heard the term stinking thinking. I love that phrase. And then the recovery community, which I believe has taught us much as a church, if we will pay attention. It reminds us and it shows us that the church, well, it's full of people who are recovering for something. Every one of us have hurts and habits and hang-ups, right? Every one of us has our own version of an addiction. So in this community, often you hear this word stinking thinking because it reminds us that we all can have our habitual ways of of speaking and seeing and thinking about the world. And John turns a light on us today, perhaps making us squint a little bit, and says, I have a better word for you. I have a good word for you. I have a word that teaches us how to speak of the darkness in the world. And that word is that the world and its people, every one of us, Every grain of sand, you and me, friend and enemy, saint and sinner, we are all the object of God's creative love and grace. Yes, the world can get us down. It can seem dark at times. We can know how hard it can be to love one another and even ourselves, but we know that the light has come. We are tempted to see only the worst, and when we are, we hear John say today, all things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. 
Church, it is time to shine. Thanks be to God. Amen.